Hi guys, welcome to yet another episode of Startup Couches. On the couch today, I'm really, really excited to have Damilari. If you are joining us for the first time, if you are listening to Startup Couches for the first time, welcome. Make sure to subscribe, make sure to follow these founder conversations on our Twitter at Startup Couches. And I'm sure you're going to love the community. So, welcome Damilari. He is the CEO of Food Lama. Welcome to the couch, man. Thank you so much. And um, hi, guys. Good to be here. And, you know, I wanted to know how are you doing? How's your day been so far? Well, I mean, day coming on very well. Sunny day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a restful day. So, thankful for the gift of the day. But, really good day. So okay. Far. And yes. Okay. Mine is great too. Mine is great too. Thank you for asking. So, jumping right into the conversation, what is Food Lama, and can you tell us how it works? All right, thanks. Um, so, I guess the best way to talk about Food Lama is to kind of give a bit of a quick um, overview of what Food Lama is. So, if you've got dietary preferences, um, so allergies, intolerances, or even lifestyle choices, you want to go keto want to avoid certain things that have impact on the planet it can be a real asshole shopping online um, finding out what works because you'd have to read endless ingredient lists then be discovering products on like endless product pages which can be yeah. a real asshole if in your household you've got people who are who have different preferences so maybe your brother is your brother is not allergic you yourself you are avoiding palm oil maybe another cousin of yours that combination makes it really challenging so food lama is basically a browser extension that makes that shopping experience simplified. Uh, it lets you know food products you can have when you're on grocer sites and the ones you can have. I think that's the best uh, one minute to describe food lama, but I'm sure we'll talk about it again um, during the course of the podcast. Oh, wow. So, is it browser extension? Yes, it is. The, as you shop for food, it kind, it, 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 it kind of gives you um, more options for different dietary needs, different dietary preferences, you know, allergies or particular health parts you want to take with your diet? So, it, it kind of helps you do, do three things. The first is saves time because you don't have to be going through endless pages. Um, hello? Hello, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello, Tana, can you hear me? No. What happened? You said it kind of helps me do three things. Yeah, I said it kind of helps you do three things. The first, it's, it helps you um, filter out what you can have. So in doing that, it helps you save time because you don't have to then go through endless um, product pages to know what fits you or what doesn't fit you and their household needs. So that's the first thing. Yeah. The second thing is it helps you discover what you can actually have. Like um, sometimes when you've got allergies or you've got certain preferences you tend to stick with what you are you're you are familiar with you don't want to try something new yeah so food lama helps you to make that um, commitment um, in a simplified way so we help you find products that work i think the third thing ultimately that food lama really helps you to do is it helps you become more health conscious about some of the decisions you make about the food you buy so as of today we work for food allergies and intolerances but in the future not very far away from now we want you to be able to make decisions on food based on the impact on the planet. Maybe avoiding a food because your favorite celebrity doesn't even is avoiding that same food. 
all those kinds of social impact of food because food is such a such a it's such a unifying issue it's such a boundless issue um, we say food is medicine but it's such a boundless issue and everyone food connects everyone so we're trying to make sure that that connection is something you can also take into your online grocery shopping experience hmm. that is amazing that is so amazing um i wanted to ask about um who your main customer segment was but i i know it's it's people who want to who have like um dietary preferences people who have um health challenges that need to actually stick to some kind of diet people have allergies um people who have just um different kinds of dietary needs so but so i want I, to yeah please go no, ahead i wanted to correct that 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 is partially correct um so the way we the way we think about it is if we think about our customer segment if if, if, if a chunk size of that customer segment now is maybe um moms who are typical grocery decision makers in the household but we also have multiple um preferences they need to account for in the household because it's not always diet it's not always um, allergies sometimes it's just consciousness like i i don't i want to avoid palm oil because of the impact palm oil actually has on the planet yeah. so and you might be in that same household with someone who has actually who has a life-threatening issue around a corn intolerance because they're probably going to shock if they come if they, if they take anything that contains corn so that's where we're starting out from but the broader segment is we think everyone actually has one preference or the other right it might not be health it might not be medical we've got one preference why you like food and it's that entire spectrum that we're exploring so whether it's food just knowing that the food has actually been manufactured under fair trade conditions right and having the assurance and being able to know which kind of food matches up with that very quickly or snap finger um, decision making process that's what food llama is so the way we think about it is food llama currently focuses on allergies intolerances lifestyle choices now but we think everyone has one preference or the other and want to enable them discover a new world of food um, um aligned with their own preferences mm, that is that is amazing so this makes the customer segment become everyone everyone that does groceries everyone is in charge of um making food providing food um and consuming food of course that is amazing so uh, i'm very curious to know how you started food llama what is the founding story oh, okay that's 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 an interesting one so um food llama originally started from my co-founder story um santiago so when santiago was born he, he had multiple uh, bouts of eczema and it took a bit for his mom to isolate that the challenge or was resulting in the eczema was corn intolerance now the problem with corn is that corn comes in many different derivatives so you've got dextrose sucrose got almost 40 different derivatives of porn that makes it really sh- hard to shop for or to exclude when you're when you're doing grocery shopping added mm. to this my co-founder is also not allergic as a oh. brother who, who is allergic to gluten and his mom is vegan then his dad is avoiding palm oil right and you're seeing this representation of households where there's that diversity of diet within the household and you thought what what if when you went on grocery sites as of today you can easily find products that work for you um, or discover new products that uh, match the different uh, diverse diets in your in, in your household and with that that was our food llama was born so mm. he had started working on the idea and then brought me on board to lead the team um, considering my experience I had, I had worked in food manufacturing a few years ago 
uh, before they did advertising and they did e-commerce ventures. So he, he, he began working on that and reached out. And I thought, well, this sounds like a really exciting opportunity. Um, we, if we if we succeed at this, we could be having outsized impact on how people go about their grocery shopping and how people find food that works for them. Yeah, I, I, I really believe so. I really believe this is revolutionary and this is really, really impactful because um, a lot of people still have allergies. A lot of people even have allergies they haven't even discovered, right? Think Nigerians, for example, right? A lot of people have um, things their body reacts to, food their body reacts that they don't even know, they don't even understand, they don't fully understand it. Um, and then think about these people being kids and think about their parents that have to go through trying to like um, understand what is going on and what is not. So like this no. is actually such an important product in the market. No, it's interesting. It's interesting you mentioned that because um, at the moment we are focused on the UK and the US markets. Um, um, just because of the the prevalence of food allergies and intolerances yeah. of those climes. But yeah. you'll be surprised that in a climate like Nigeria, a lot of people do not even know that they're allergic to it. I used to make a joke that yeah. it's almost like our parents beat the allergy out of you because they'll yeah. be like, you don't want to eat that food. Well, you are spoiled. That's the reason why you don't want to eat it. Um, um, but people will be surprised that the reason why why people react to certain things is food allergy. And, of, or, or, and the interesting thing about it is that there's a big spectrum around these things about um, food-related reactions. There's just a, just a huge spectrum. Not everything is allergic. Not everything is in, in an intolerance. Sometimes it's an IBS, right? Sometimes there's even something called OAS, or oral allergy syndrome, right? So it's, it's a huge spe- uh, um, um, spectrum of how people react to food, right? Um, and I think that over time, as, 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 as things open up, people become more conscious of how they react to food, even beyond the reaction, which can very help even, uh, more importantly, become more uh, interested in how their food is made, right? What's the food, the food that they eat, what's the impact on the planet uh, uh, going forward? And how does that impact their own choices or preferences? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. So, what's the plan for Food Lama this year? We are already in quarter two. Where do you see Food Lama one year from now? Very interesting question. Um, we're fairly new in the market, fairly new, but we think that um, the excitement of what we're doing also comes with the potential to grow very quickly. All right, so we we are active in the UK. We have plants within the next one year to be able to roll out in the US. Um, um, so that's that's on the that's on the roadmap for us okay. to roll out in the US in, in the next one year. I think that that would be a big, it, 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 kind of like a significant thing that I'd like to do in terms of um, the kind of usage that we that we're expecting. We're also expecting to have food llama being used by. Um, if not millions, at least hundreds of thousands of users. Um, we are quite ambitious in what that can do. And we know that it's possible. It's not something that is far-fetched. It's very possible. And to enable this, we are currently, we, while we did raise some money last year, we are about to get started for um, with our um, next round of fundraising, which is to accelerate our growth and our market um, expansion strategies I discussed uh, earlier. So that, that's, those are like the big things that we, we see. On a product level, while we support food allergies and intolerances, we would like to, in the next one year, be able to 
go into broader preferences. So some of the things I talked about, um, avoiding food that your favorite celebrity avoids, knowing the footprint or the impact of your food on the planet and making a decision on that kind of food based on that. Um, Taking that behavior also. Manufactured, fed. Exactly. Exactly. Taking that behavior also and um, being able to extract and more importantly, expand this into different verticals so we're starting with grocers or retailers but we want to be able to go to recipe platforms food delivery platforms so that you take we always kind of think about it that once you have this your food llama identity you can take it across board and instantly food is personalized to you based on your preferences oh wow that would actually be interesting to see you know being able to use uber eats and uber eats already kind of knows my my preferences so like when they pull up a restaurant menu they kind of take out the things that i wouldn't actually be able to eat without right or when i go on glovo today to try to order food same thing i think that would be so amazing because people would pay for that people would pay for the inconvenience people would pay for the inconvenience of like for the inconvenience we're taking away from them the inconvenience to actually do this research find out oh this contains this and this contains this and i'm allergic to this and i'm i'm, I'm i don't want to eat this and stuff like that that would be so, so big so i think that, that's very exciting and i mean i won't over promise that we can deliver on that in one year but that for us is like the big picture or like the big mission where <laughs> food and food content is personalized to you wherever you go right wherever you shop at um, that for us is like the big ambition it's still many miles away but we believe it's very possible where um, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you use the classical restaurant experience, for instance, if you go on Uber Eats today, um, it's a different experience on Uber Eats in different climes of the world, but I'll use Uber Eats experience in the UK. There are two things that would happen. If you're in a restaurant, you get this allergy advice that warns you that, hey, um, if you've got allergies, don't order on Uber Eats, call the restaurant and let them know what you can have or what you can have and let them advise you on the ingredients. That is one level of risk, but there's also the level of cross-contamination, right? So in the UK, for instance, Nando's can guarantee that their products are, their food is free of certain levels of um, um, cross-contamination. So a nut, a nut um, used in one process would not get into food being manufactured in that process. But not everyone is a chain, right? And not everyone can make that level of guarantee. So for us, we see a big opportunity where we can help businesses be able to offer that guarantee through some um, operating procedures we're able to we're, we're able to enable them implement. Um, so those are like some of the ambitions we have. Where if we know the what you call the provenance of the products that get into a restaurant, and you know the provenance of the process around which that food is actually manufactured, you can almost take that um, reliability and show it or demonstrate it to the consumer and enable them to make the best choices and the most personalized food that fits their preferences. Mm. That is that is superb. I, I, I think I could easily get behind this mission and I understand that there's a lot of moving past to be able to get this become a reality, but I think this is super ambitious and super needed in our climbs today. Um, I wanted to also know you know, in the day-to-day running of Food Lama, what would you say are some challenges you found um, in the space? 
basically because coming from a food manufacturing background you're already in the space for a long time so getting specifically into food lama what would you say are challenges you even see coming um i think the number one challenge is data right um so i'll give examples by law in the eu for instance allergies are required you are required to be declared to declare allergies the 14 major allergies as a brand manufacturer but there is no standard of how you are required to declare that thing and that's a nightmare some declare it under a category called allergen information some declare it as seed ingredients in bold some declare it as um, just highlighting it and reading that kind of data is very challenging so i think that that number one the number one challenge we faced is the integrity and the reliability of data and we think that that in itself, although it's a challenge, that's an opportunity um, yep. um, that it offers. Closely related to that, but it's still on that data, is challenges around what you call voluntary disclosures. So, dis- disclosures. so for instance, this food may contain this um, trace ingredients because it is manufactured in a factory that also manufactures this other product that contains that ingredient. Now that's a challenge in that period or to be able to establish what it is. Um, that's a big challenge. And that falls under cross-contamination. So I think we're, we're getting better at, at understanding all these data sets and being able to translate it into information that we can present to end users. But it's a, it's, it's a bit of a challenge. And I think that that's the biggest challenge the industry faces, which is um, standards around disclosures. It's, 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 it's not very clear. I mean, so in the UK, for instance, the food safety agency is consistently having town halls and speaking to stakeholders to try to um, get better at the standards. But sometimes it's 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 still a bit of a challenge. It's still a bit of a challenge. So I, I think that if I think about it, that number one is data. I think the second thing is that um, there is a tendency for people not to think that we can succeed as a consumer startup. And most people want to not just to go the B2B route. Um, and I think that getting that message and establishing why we think the consumer route is, is very important before we start to think of a business route um, has been a bit of a challenge. But I think we're getting better at, at streamlining our storytelling and being able to clearly articulate what the roadmap looks like for us, um, whether it's B2B to investors, advisors, talents, whatever it is, just being able to articulate it better um, is something we're we're improving on. Um, I'll think those two challenges. The other challenges would be, they're they're not peculiar to Food Lama. I mean, this is not my first rodeo, but they're not peculiar to Food Lama. So it's peculiar to anything that's worth doing well or anything that you're doing. Like you would have challenges around capital, you would have challenges around talent, you would have challenges around um, um, resources or network. I mean, those challenges are still with Fudama, and I don't think they really ever go away um, as a startup, so you will always experience them. But those two, uh, I would say, have, peculi- have been peculiar to what is my own experience. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That that makes sense. Um, before I let you go, I wanted you to highlight a few lessons you've learned in in the food business, you know, doing, doing Food Lama. What are some things that the no and you know other people do not know about food that they eat do not know about um the dietary needs that you have found you know in the process of building out food lama today yeah um i think there are a few things i think i can classify them under um food specific learnings 
um, venture building learnings and just general life learning. So if I say food specific learnings, there's a lot of junk that goes into food that we're not aware of. Like there's just a lot of junk. Um, wow. I, I think that has like the biggest learning. A, 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 a simple way to illustrate that or to explain that is sometimes, and COVID made it more glaring, sometimes when there's disruption in supply chain of food manufacturing and food suppliers actually do change the ingredients. Maybe they were using a particular ingredient, but because of supply chain disruptions, they couldn't source the ingredients, but they could quickly swap it. There's an alternative for it. By law, if that ingredient doesn't contain up to a certain parts per million which is like a certain measurement um, in that product they don't need to change the packaging but for some people even the presence of it whether that part per million or not can trigger the food reaction so it's not uncommon for people to say well i've always had the same food i've never reacted to it but they ate it today and they're like i'm reacting to that same food right because sometimes there have been changes that have been made that you do not necessarily know about um, um, I mean, science is continually improving. There's a reason why it is allowed for them to not require to change the packaging because that would be very expensive. Imagine changing your packaging. Packaging is a very expensive part of um, um, consumer goods or consumer packaged goods. So, yeah. so just just paying attention. I think the, the other part about food is many people take for granted that even consumers, uh, manufacturers change recipes. So in working on this, it's not uncommon to find people that say, oh, I've always bought this kind of chocolate. So when I saw the packaging online, I just bought it. But it was when I got it physically, I now realized that something has changed, but I mindlessly didn't pay attention to it. Um, so, I mean, those are like some of the interesting learnings around what goes into food, um, laws around packaging and changes, and the experiences people have around food shopping. I think the the food llama specific lessons that i would say i have learned is everything takes time um everything takes time like everything definitely takes time in terms of if you want to build something that's that is worth build that is worth building well and it takes time i know that there's a tendency for saying startups equal speed and i don't disagree with that um but don't beat yourself up if you're not moving as fast as you thought you could you should just know just be very convinced that you're onto a big mission and keep grinding at it i think the last bit um, in terms of like personal learnings is people matter um people matter generally i think it's not specific to learning on food matter food and um, food llama but i have seen uh, this is something i've held lifelong but on food llama it has been proven to be true again that people matter um build the right relationships cherish the relationships whether the people that you are recruiting to join you on this mission as, as talent, or people that you are um, um, speaking to that might sponsor your, your this vision as investors, or people that can advise you and help you um, avoid certain uh, uh, mistakes or, or, or challenges, right? People matter. So build the best relationships you can all the way in life. I think that that for me is like the most powerful and reinforced learning I've gotten. Mm. I think these are really, really strong lessons. And I'd like to say thank you so much, Damilari, for them. So on that note, I would like to say thank you so, so much. And so if listening, of course, I know you are excited about Food Llama. So make sure to go to heyfoodlama.com. That is H-E-Y-F-O-O-D-L-A-M-A.com. And check out Food Llama today. And you would be pleasantly you'll be pleasantly surprised or you'll be pleasant 
with what you would see you know you'll be able to um make your preferences you'll be able to your whole grocery experience would change basically so check out food lama today especially in the uk um and for everyone else listening to this episode if you liked it make sure to share it to your friends make sure to subscribe and make sure to follow these founder conversations on our twitter at startup couches and until next time see ya